I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. There is a, a media mantle on many of God's leaders in this day and in this hour. And the Bible says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all nations, then the end will come. And I believe that God is using the media and live streaming and Facebook lives, and he's using this tool to get the gospel into all the world. You know, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I remember years ago when I first started working with the camera, it was just me and a camera, and it was very weird because there was no people there. And I went, you remember Jason Alvarez? And he said, you know, you can just record in my studio and we'll launch it for you on the internet. And I remember like going there, my kids were still little. For those of you that don't know, I had three kids in one year. It was sort of a miracle, but it happened. But, and I remember my kids were little and I put them on the bus. I'd put on hair and makeup and I'd, 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 I'd get in the car and I'd go and we would tape teachings on, I think in that time, I don't know what I probably prayer. And I, Well, yeah, I know. But I remember coming to the bus stop and and, uh, the Lord saying to me, and I'd never heard him say this before, and it's kind of weird that I'm saying it now because I normally don't say this, but I remember the Lord saying to me, because I knew that message was going to go all over the world, but here I am in Martinsville, New Jersey. I'm getting my kids off the bus. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, the whole routine, peanut butter and jelly, and the food was there on the table, and I, I t- got them off the bus, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, this day have I made you a prophet to the nations. And I said to myself, I just was, you know, going to a studio, getting my kids off the bus and trying to mind my own business. But, you know, God's ways are not our ways. His plans are not our plans. If we would just be willing and obedient, we will not only personally eat the good of the land, but we'll build the kingdom of God and establish what he wants to do. Because that's what it's all about. That's what this ministry is all about. You don't have just a single focus. You have a focus for all over the world. And so that's what we're doing. So I'm excited that they're live streaming because we have all of us here, but there are many, many, many more that are listening live stream. We've been doing these Facebook lives and I'm just sitting in my kitchen. And again, it's just hair and makeup. That's half the battle. I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about. You know, and I'm sitting there in my kitchen, you know, wearing the right clothes, you know, you know, got, got some crazy kind of pants on because nobody can see that, but you get the right shirt on and you're good to go. And, you know, you remove everything behind, from behind you because, you know, God forbid anybody zooms in and sees, you know, that piece of paper on your counter and then they're going to judge you. Oh, she's a messy person. Do you know what I mean? So it's pretty basic, and you click that button, you have a word from God, and you're called to do it. There's a difference. There's a lot of people on the Internet, they got a lot of things to say, but they're not sent. And so it's a beautiful thing to do these Facebook lives. And, you know, you, and for us, in our team, we may have, you know, 800 views by the, that evening and sometimes less. And then by the end of the work, we got, week, we got over 4,000, sometimes over 5,000 views from all over the world. 
It doesn't get any easier than that. Are you listening? So I know that God is using the Facebook lives and he's using the internet and he's using all of these things and it's for his purposes. We're not building our own kingdom. We're building his kingdom. And those of us that are mothers and fathers in the faith, we've been doing this a long time. We've been tempted to grow weary in well-doing, and at times we have, but we're going to continue to run and not go weary. We're going to continue to walk and not faint because there is a great need for the mothers and the fathers to rise up and be what God has called us to be because there's a whole generation that needs the word of the Lord. And so what I love what Pastor and Trish are doing because she said we just really feel in our hearts that God wants us to minister the foundations, the basic principles of prayer. Because not everybody's heard these truths. See, we can sit here and we can, we can say all these things about prayer and all this and have all these cliche words, but half of the time it's going right over people's heads. They don't, they don't get it. So my job tonight, and I hope to come back to minister more to you, my job is to lay a foundation tonight. So I'm going to lay a foundation, and it's a very simple foundation, and, and we're going to build on that, as Tricia said. So tonight, I want to talk to you about all manner of prayer or all different kinds of prayer that are spoken of in the word of God with emphasis on the prayer of intercession. Did you know that there are all different kinds of prayer spoken of in the word of God? The Bible says in Ephesians six eighteen, it says, praying always with all kinds of prayer or all manner of prayer. There are all different kinds of prayer. And what I've seen in the day and the hour that we live in is that we have mixed up the, the principles or the rules for the different kinds of praying and therefore we're not getting the results that we desire. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But before we do, I just want to say that the Holy Spirit said, Psalms 92.10, he said, I am going to anoint my people with fresh oil. Like Pastor Tricia said, there is, a, there is a ramping up of the prayer movement. Dutch Sheets said in, I believe it was February of 2017, he said it's time to ramp up the prayer movement. Now, just because he spoke that in February of 2017 does not mean it's not relevant for today. First of all, prophecy is given that we may war a good warfare. Secondly, there is no time or distance in the spirit. And we're coming into that momentum where we're starting to see the ramping up of the prayer movement. Those of you that have been praying a long time, that have been standing in the gap, and you've been doing a lot of intercession, you know what I'm talking about because a lot of people grew weary in well-doing. And I was one of them. I was fed up. I was annoyed. I've been preaching on prayer since 1981. The East Coast, this land that's desolate, is going to become like the Garden of Eden. And God said it's because of prayer going before the people and preparing the way. Churches are going to be built because of prayer. He said, my house will be called the house of prayer. And so we were building that foundation and teaching that word and teaching that word. Then we did all these KIU events, and we'd preach on prayer, and then everybody would sit there like this and twiddle their thumbs. I don't know about you, 
But when you labor in the word and you take a whole week out of your, your, your month and then you have your Saturday morning prayer event and everybody goes like this after you preach for an hour, that's annoying. Am I talking to anybody in here? So I remember about the end of 2017, I remember saying to God, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> not doing it. No. Not going to listen to the burden of the Lord. No. Give it to somebody else. No, not doing it. And so, you know, you're sitting there and you're sitting there and you're sitting there and you're like, all right. I'm not doing it. And, and the Holy Ghost is going. The word is in my heart like a fire. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. It's like an artesian well and it's trying to bubble up, bubble up. And you're going, no. Well, you know, I realized later than sooner, it's not my will. It's his will. And so around the end of, the, of 2017, about January of 2018, I was in a meeting with some leaders. And I'm sitting there in my no presence, <clears throat> annoyed, discouraged, upset. Lord, we've labored in vain. Lord, we've been teaching on prayer and plowing and preaching and teaching and doing all this work and people aren't praying. And I'm convinced with all of my heart, Easter, I'm convinced that it was not just my spirit feeling that. It was my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me communicating the heart of God and the burden of the Lord because God was wanting his people to pray. He wanted those who were called by his name to humble themselves and seek his face and turn away from the distractions and seek him so that he could forgive our sin, the sin of our land, and heal our nation and heal our families and bring restoration to the places. But people had drawn back. They'd grown weary and well-doing. They'd been on their phones. They'd been on the computers. They'd been on Facebook. They'd been on Instagram. They'd been posting selfies. Enough. And I remember sitting in this meeting, just, just burdened with, with just discouragement. And, and one day God said to me, he goes, you feel that way? How do you think I feel? And so I remember being in this meeting, and you know how it is when the anointing comes on you? And I learned something that day. I'll tell you what I learned, and this is a nugget. I learned that God will put the prayer in your heart to pray so that he can answer it, so that you pray it and he can answer it. Remember, he said, call upon me. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. My house will be called the house of prayer. He puts the words in our mouth. He, it, and because man is God's avenue into the earth, we have not because we ask not. We've got to utter that prayer, and it causes God's hand to move, and then he answers it. We're going to get into this because this is, we're not into it yet, but I'm just flowing with the Holy Ghost. And I remember sitting there, upset, discouraged, annoyed, even annoyed at my fellow peer person because they were talking too much. I thought this was supposed to be like a prayer thing. I don't know how you feel about certain things, but I just wanted to tell them to shut up and sit down. Just be quiet. Why does everybody always have to have something to say? Why don't we, instead of having so much ministry this word, how about ministry that word? 
Focusing in on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher and the perfecter of what he's begun on the East Coast, so that he can bring it to completion. He that has begun a good work in the East Coast, he's going to bring it to completion, but he needs us to pray. He needs us to cooperate. We are co-laborers together with him in this field, in this harvest. And every place the sole of your foot treads upon, God said, I've given it to you. It's yours. He has ordained the places in which we are to live. You live here, so you have a responsibility here. So I remember sitting in that prayer meeting going, just so annoyed and upset, just over it. And then I just said, you know what, I'm going to pray. <laughs> Duh. When all else fails, <laughs> pray. <laughs> you know what I mean? So well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to practice what I preach. Because, you know, sometimes the Bible says, wherefore, you ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which you have heard, lest at any time you let them slip. Discouragement is the beginning of the loss of vision. If you don't have vision, you're not going to pray. If you don't have that vision, you're not going to enter into those intercessions. That's why God said, I'm going to write the vision in your heart. I'm going to make it plain so that you can run with it that reads it. So I said, well, I'm going to pray. So fortunately, I don't even know why. You know, sometimes we're just unconsciously led by our spirit. Unconsciously. Just unconsciously. And for whatever reason, because that one person was talking, so it had to be a miracle. Because I didn't feel like hearing them. And why, the, why would I turn my phone on? I can't believe I'm saying all this. But it's whatever. It's true. And I turned my phone on. And, and that person was talking. And then all of a sudden I said, you know, I'm just going to pray. And I forgot the recorder was on. And you know what? By the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, by the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost, I began to pray for this prayer movement. And I began to pray. I don't even know what I prayed. You know, you could be more anointed or less anointed to pray. It doesn't matter if you're more anointed or less anointed. When you're praying the word and you're praying in the spirit, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It works anyway. It's just like those of us that preach, you know, sometimes we're more anointed. You know what I mean? And less anointed. Sometimes we feel that river and that flow and that wow and that, you know. And other times we don't feel anything. Well, if you're preaching the word, the word works. Goes into the hearts of the people. Doesn't return void. It produces results. You know what I'm talking about. That day I was anointed. I started out just in my discouragement. And I ended up in the spirit and prayed a prayer. I think it was about a seven-minute prayer. We got it all on. I got it all on tape. We turned it into a YouTube. And you know what? I didn't realize it. But God, I just prayed. I just prayed, Lord, that we would get off. Lord, every word, every teaching, every YouTube, anything that's ever been uttered on the subject of prayer, Lord, bring it to your people's remembrance. May the word of God not return void. May people get off of their phones and look away from that which would distract. And may they look unto you, the author and the finisher. It was such a powerful prayer. Little did I know that I would be the answer to that prayer. And you're the answer to that prayer. Many of you are the answer to that prayer. And later on, the Holy Ghost said, I want you to start doing Facebook Lives and teach all the basics on prayer. I said, all right. Didn't realize that 
I was the answer to my own prayer. That is really something. I didn't know that till a year and a half ago. He'll put the prayer in your heart to pray, and then he'll answer that prayer. So God is ramping up the prayer movement. It is the dawn of a new day. I said it's the dawn of a new day. I remember when I was in Bible school, I remember when we used to have corporate prayer meetings. And they were fun, and they were excited, and people would get lost in the Spirit, and we would enter into the rivers of the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Holy Spirit. We would have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and we would pray for nations. We would enter into tongues, and at times something would rise up on the inside, and it's Romans eight twenty six through 28. It was groanings which could not be uttered in articulate speech. It was an, an inner working of the Holy Spirit, and those were fun times. There was an anointing on us in those days. God is reviving that anointing. Where prayer becomes fun again. The Bible says when you give, and this is speaking financially, when you give, don't give grudgingly, nor of necessity. God loves what? A cheerful giver. Well, when you pray, we don't want to pray grudgingly, nor of necessity, but give ourselves cheerfully. And then God said, I'm going to make all grace abound towards you. And I'm going to anoint you with fresh oil. So he's going to anoint us with fresh oil. Number two, I believe in these meetings that God has told Pastor Trish to to do, I believe that the Holy Spirit, spiritual things are transferable. Spiritual things are transferable uh, through laying on of hands, and that will happen at some point. Spiritual things are transferable through the preaching of the word, which is, I believe, what's going to happen in these meetings which is going to be part of the ramping up. And spiritual things are transferable who you hang around with. That's a whole other story. So I believe that God is going to take the measure of what I carry and others carry who are teaching this message, and he's going to impart it unto you. The Apostle Paul says, I've come to you that I may what? Impart unto you some spiritual gift. See, every person who comes to teach you on prayer has a different measure of the anointing of what they carry. And as we sit under those leaders, that measure goes into us. And I'm telling you straight up, you are not the same when you leave that meeting. Because something of what they carry comes out of them and goes into you. And you leave and you go, I'm different. I'm changed. Well, how could I be different? How could I be changed after a meeting or after a teaching? It's not by might, not by power. It's by my spirit. The Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost has us on assignment, there is no failure. Nothing shall be impossible, which we have imagined to do. Amen? Amen. So that was introduction. (laughs) So God said it's very important that we build our lives, build our foundation on the word of God. You know that, right? We have, you know, I came out of the word of faith, so we had a lot of word, 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 and we had no spirit. It's good for us to to have that foundation, but you know what? We need the word. We need the foundations. We need to be strong in the word. We need to know who we are in Christ, but like Pastor Tricia said, but God said also, it's important to build your house on the word, but he said, I also want my house to be called a house of prayer. You think about a bird, right? One day I was looking at a bird, and I was watching that bird get up off of the little perch, and he went up, and he was flying. And it occurred to me, what's more important on that bird? His left wing 
<laughs> or his right wing. <laughs> you need both to fly. So we need the word of God, but we also need to be men and women of prayer. Do you know that when you're a man or a woman of prayer, it increases the purpose in your life? So many times people are like, I wish I knew my purpose. I wish I knew my purpose. My friend, your purpose is to know him. To become deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving the wonders of his person. That intimacy is developed through secret prayer. Okay. So, what are the rewards and benefits of being a person of prayer? Number one, your strength is kept in prayer. Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Nehemiah 810 says, and what? The joy of the Lord is is your strength. So when you spend time in the presence of God, it's Isaiah 40. Your strength is renewed like the eagle. You're able to run and not grow weary. You come out of that place of prayer, strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You can't explain this thing on the inside. You just know that something happened on the inside of you, that when you spend time in the presence of God, that you behold him. And when you behold him, you're changed into to the same image from glory to glory to glory. And God is not weak. He's not weak. He never grows weary. That's why he said, if you wait upon me and spend time with me, you'll renew your strength. Number two, an intimacy and friendship with God uh, is developed in the secret place of prayer. Love it. It's a secret prayer. It's prayer like in your heart. It's just prayer. It's you and God. There's an intimacy that's developed when you're a man and a woman of prayer. Prayer goes from sacrifice to joy, from a desire to a discipline and a delight. And prayer produces intimacy with the one you pray to. Lord, I want to know you. I want to become deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving the wonders of your person. Oh, God, you are my God. I want to know you. I want to see your power and your glory. It produces intimacy. You know, you, know, you don't see God with these eyes, but you can see him with the eyes of your spirit. So many people have visions of, of Jesus and, and all kinds of things. But, you know, whether you ever have an open vision or not doesn't matter. Blessed are those that have never seen him, yet believe. You can see him with the eyes of your spirit, and you can behold the wonders of his person with the eyes of your spirit. I believe that one day we'll all stand before God. And those of you that are men and women of prayer, you are not going to stand before a stranger. You are going to stand before Jesus, the man, the God-man, and you're going to stand before him, and you're going to have an awareness of his presence, an understanding of who he is, because you learned about him while you were here on this earth. Praying is never a waste of time. When you pray, you're laying up treasures in heaven. You're developing intimacy with God. You're being changed. So prayer, is, prayer um, produces intimacy with the one you pray to, the one you pray for. Eh, I don't like that one because that person God's telling me to pray for, I don't like. Been there, done that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, you know, the Bible says pray for your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. You know, just do it. 
It's an act of faith, not how you feel. And you know, basically, hurting people hurt people. And if they're your enemy and if they've been mean to you, they're hurting. But when you begin to pray for them, what happens is you begin to see them the way God sees them. God sees them in ways that we don't see. We see their actions and their behavior, but God sees them as his, if they're a Christian, as a child of God. So prayer produces intimacy with the one you pray with. There's nothing more powerful than corporate united prayer like what you have here because it, it causes a, a greater depth of unity in and among the body because you gel together. It produces intimacy with one another. You can't explain it. It's something in the spirit. Okay? What are, what are other rewards and benefits of being a person of prayer? Well, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is what? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I, I honestly don't know what those rewards are. I don't really know, wish I knew, but I guess one day we'll stand before God and we'll find out what those rewards are. I think some of the rewards is when you diligently seek him, you start to have a uh, tangible presence on your life and you begin to carry his presence. What greater reward than to have a tangible, we know that we're carriers of the glory, but when you spend time in the presence of God, there comes an abiding presence. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's an abiding presence of the Lord. How many of you would like that? That's what I want. Okay, Matthew 6, 6 says, when you pray, go into your closet. When you've shut the door, your father, which sees in secret, he will reward you openly. We don't want to be like the hypocrites that love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. The Bible says they're to be seen of men, yet they have their reward. No mas. But when we pray, you go into the closet, you shut the door. Where is God? Where is Jesus? He's right there with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. Do you know what I do with secret prayer? This is what I do. I mean, I'm trying to follow my notes, but I'm also trying to flow with the Holy Ghost. We're good with this, right? What I like to do when I'm practicing secret prayer, and this is when you're alone with Jesus or alone with the Father, it's whoever you need most for that day. Give us this day our daily bread. It's whatever you need for that day. Are you with me? So what I like to do is I like to practice visualization. So I'm in that secret place of prayer, and I, I think about, you know, Mary at the feet of Jesus, and I picture him. I picture him right in front of me, or I picture him like in Revelations, high and lifted up. His train fills the temple, or is that Isaiah? You know, where Jesus had, his eyes were like flames of fire. Do you know what uh, Kenneth E. Hagin said when he had visions? He had visions of Jesus. I don't know how many. You want to read a really cool book? Read I Believe in Visions by Kenneth E. Hagin. It's a really cool book. And I'll tell you what, for, for me, and I think for you, I can share this with you, it imparted, um, I needed to read that book because it helped me with my prayer life. Because it helped me to understand that Jesus is right there, sitting right there, sitting right there. He's definitely, I just don't see him. But when Jesus came to Brother Hagen, he said when he looked in his eyes in one of the visions, he said, 
he, he, you know, he looked in his eyes. He said where his eyes were like liquid wells of love. And his eyes were so captivating. He said it was like looking down, liquid wells of love. He said his eyes were so captivating. He fell down on his face. before, And, you know, Jesus said, stand upright on your feet. Thank God we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank God that we can know him face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Thank God we can look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith, look directly into his face. So sometimes I practice visualization and secret prayer. Okay? Now, your prayers, when you pray, Revelations 8, 3 through 4, this is something, again, it's all by faith. When you pray, the Bible says your prayers... And you may not feel it, you may not see it, but in the realm of the Spirit, everybody say, the realm of the Spirit. Your prayers are coming up out of you as a house of prayer, and they're ascending before Hebrews 4.16, the throne room of grace, and they are as incense before the throne of God. And the Bible says that those prayers, the smoke of the incense, which are the prayers of the saints, ascended before God from the angels' hands. They were, it, was, it was the prayers of the saints. So when you pray, that incense is going up before God. Isn't that exciting? Catherine Coleman said the greatest power given to any individual is the power of prayer. Leroy Brownlow said, let us not neglect prayer just because we do not fully comprehend the infinite power of the God at whose throne we kneel. I do not know everything about gravity, but I know it works. Now let's talk about three simple foundations about prayer. Okay, you ready? Number one, you have to ask. John Wesley once said, he said, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life. He's trying to probably figure it out. Because I'll tell you, John Wesley, he was from long ago. And nowadays, you and I, we have a lot of teaching. So we could just Google something and get the answer. So he probably noticed it by experience. So he said, you know, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Mm-hmm. So why? Let me tell you something. And I'm just going to say it, and I'm online. And I'm open to correction. It's not que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Oh, whatever will be, will be. No. You fight like a mighty man of war. We have not because we ask not. I had someone, a ministry peer, say to me a while ago, in the beginning of, of the whole grace movement, and he said, I don't pray anymore. That is dangerous. I go to him. I'm like this. I go, <clears throat> I'm on the phone like this. I go, what do you mean you don't pray anymore? He said, because I'm under grace. And God knows what things I have need of before I ever ask him. I don't pray anymore. He just gives me the desires of my heart because I'm not under the law but under grace. I actually had somebody say to me, you preach or you teach about encountering God through secret prayer. And you know what this person said to me? He said, you're preaching works. And you know what? I was remember being a little... I wasn't really wounded about it because then after, once you're over 60, you kind of get over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
And it's just, these people are ignorant. You know, there's an old saying, let the ignorant be ignorant. And I remember hearing somebody say that and saying that to me. And I woke up one morning and the Holy Ghost said, the Lord, not the Holy Ghost, the Jesus said to me. He said, they missed the whole point. They missed the whole point. It's secret prayers and works. It's spending time with the one you love. It's walking by faith and not by sight. It's knowing that he's an ever-present help in the time of need, and you're developing that intimacy with him. It's not works. Okay? So he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him why. Okay, you ready? God is not running everything in this world. He does not have everything under control. And I'm going to give you chapter and verse in just a minute. Prayer is necessary. Listen, that's why the devil tried to sniff the prayer movement. That's why God gave Dutch sheets the burden of the, of the word of the Lord. He said, we've got to ramp up the prayer movement. Because prayer is necessary because man is God's avenue into the earth, into the world. Therefore, it is necessary that you ask. Look at Genesis 1.26. Is everybody okay? It's a really powerful anointing here tonight. It's only night one. And God said, I'm going to build and build and build. Isn't this fun? Genesis 1, 26, are you there? God said to Adam and Eve, let, God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over all the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue. Do it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the face of this earth. That word dominion, now remember, he's given this to Adam and Eve. He said, I'm giving you dominion. You are the rulers of this world. I am giving you dominion. I am taking you and I'm putting you in this place and I'm giving you the authority and the dominion. That word dominion is rada. It means to tread, to rule, to have dominion, to dominate. I have one thing to say about dominion. I wish I had dominion over my 14-pound little shih tzu Milo. <laughs> because sometimes when I ask him to come to me, he goes, and he moves back. I'm definitely not exercising dominion over him. Now, if I have a little treat, he goes, I'm talking dominion. I'm talking rulership. God said to Adam and Eve, I'm giving you dominion. But what happened is, and I'm, we need to say this, this needs to be taught because people pray, they don't know why. They don't know why they have to ask in Jesus' name. They don't understand the authority that Jesus uh, took back from the, from, from the enemy. Are you listening? What happened is, and the, Satan came in in the fall. We don't have, we're, you know, just study it. I'm just going to say it. Listen, and when the enemy came in and they disobeyed God, it was like Adam and Eve turned the rulership over of the earth over to Satan. And the enemy came in 
like a flood and took authority and took dominion over the earth. Adam had it. He lost it. Are you listening? Let's say it together. Adam had it. He lost it. It's like he committed high treason. It's like he sold out to the enemy and said, now you can have it. It's been given to me. Now I'm giving it to you. He didn't know he had an enemy that was so powerful. Because Satan comes in, you know, like a sly little, little, he came in, you know, like a snake or a serpent. But he was a very powerful, powerful deceiver. And he knew what he wanted, and he went after it. It's something to remember as men and women of prayer. When you take authority, you take dominion over the works of, that God has given you. God said, he didn't say, I'm going to dominate you to Adam and Eve. Adam originally had dominion upon this earth and in the world. In a sense, he was the God of this world. See also Psalms 8, 6. But Saul, Satan came and lied to Adam. Adam committed high treason and turned the world over to Satan. Are you listening? Are you listening online? Luke 4, 6. And the devil said to Jesus, and this was a, a real live temptation. This really happened. If it wasn't true, then it wouldn't have been said. And, and Jesus knew it was true. As a matter of fact, Jesus, I remember in Scripture, it says, I saw you as lightning falling down. So Jesus was there when all this turmoil was going on. Can I just say something? The spirit world is very real. The things that the Bible talks about really happened. I beheld you falling from lightning from, the, from heaven. One third of the angels fell with Lucifer and he became Satan. He was man's enemy. And that's why God was trying to warn Adam and Eve. He was telling them, you can do this, but you can't do that. You could eat from this tree, but don't eat. He knew that Adam had an enemy. But thank God for the plan of redemption. Because if it wasn't for the plan of redemption, man would be eternally damned. Because God said to Adam and Eve, if you eat of the tr this tree, he says, in dying, you will surely die. In other words, you're going to die spiritually, and eventually your body's going to catch up. I think, didn't Adam live till he was 900-something? Listen, I want to live till I'm 92, but not a 900. I'll be working out and carrying on in the gym. I don't know if I could do it. Day at a time. Luke 4, 6, and the devil said to him, all authority I will give you and their glory. Now, he's talking to Jesus, and he knew full well who Jesus was. He said, for this has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. That was a real temptation. And you know how Jesus handled that with the word of God. It is written, you will not tempt the Lord your God. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. I'm going to make it clear. I'm not going to go too much longer. We didn't get as far as I thought, but I think we're good. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says, If this gospel is veiled, it is veiled to them that are what? Lost or perishing. In whom the mind, whose mind the God of this age has what? Blinded. Who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should what? Shine unto them. So Satan is called what? The God of this world. That's why you, you, when you pray for somebody, and we were, we were going to get into line upon line, but we're not tonight. When you pray for somebody, 
You are going into the realm of the spirit. Romans 15.1, Galatians 6.2. And you are lifting up with the idea of completely removing that scruple of conscience off of them. That darkness off of them. Those blinders off of them. And the devil has no authority when you step in and you go, I'm taking authority in the name of Jesus. And you start really hammering your prayers on that particular individual. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.